On this episode, Eric Seats talks about producing Aliyah's Rock the Boat, and I share how being blind as a bat <laughs> worked to my advantage. Don't worry, you can thank me later. everybody this is episode four of the balance room music podcast i am your host ingrid wood it's january so that means this is the first episode of the new year so i want to say happy 2016 to everybody i wanted to do episode four just a little bit different so i asked eric seats who's normally on the ask e seat segment i was like hey, would you want to contribute to the songology and the go-to gadget segment and he was like bet i'm down so <laughs> episode four it's going to be kind of like the Eric Seats takeover, but that's okay because Eric, he's a great person. He He's a great musician, but like I said, more importantly, he is a great person. He has like a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience. Um, but the cool thing about Eric, you know, he doesn't wear his accomplishments on his sleeve, probably because he's always so busy working and giving back to people. But he's definitely a breath of fresh air because sometimes, you know, I've, I've come, a, come across people along this path who remind me of the character from martin uh when martin wants to go on the varnell hill show how about a brother come out maybe be on your show (laughs) all right man are you gonna be in hollywood anytime soon no no damn (laughs) you see that if you were in hollywood sometime soon you would be on my show for real for real come on man come on you're a real brother i am real oh man Gotta get out of here, man. Please about to take off. I'm out. <laughs> but his visit doesn't really turn out the way he thought it would be. And what the hell is your problem, man? You lost your mind. It ain't about... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Calm down, Von Nell. All right? I mean, you promised me I would be on the show, and I figured it slipped your mind, so a brother just jumped out. Curtain, go, go. I promised you I'd be on the show. You know, they might not ever be on my show again. That's Hollywood talk, man. Don't you get it? Hey, we run. Go. How many times have I invited you to my house? Hundreds. And how many times have you actually been to my house? None. It's so funny because it didn't, you know, make sense then. When I watched it as a, as a kid, it was just entertainment. But I understood it when I got older. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it goes. You know, along the path, you got to take the good with the bad, the happy with the sad. But anyways, let's get on in to episode four. Before we do, I want to say this real quick. Uh, the Balance Room podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. But let's go ahead and step into the balance room. Okay, for this 7-Up story, I want to take you back. Back to a time called the 90s. (laughs) Who didn't like another bad creation, right? So anyways... I'm taking you back to when I'm eight years old in the third grade. It's February, Black History Month. Teacher assigns us a book report. No big deal. But what was a big deal was she assigned us these numbers that ended up being the order in which we would have to stand in front of the class and read our book reports. And this was a big deal because, you know, besides, you know, the regular fear of public speaking, I had developed a fear of reading in front of people. And I wasn't the worst reader in class, but I was not, um, 
I wasn't one of the, I wasn't a great reader. And I found out later on that school year that I was really just blind as a bat. I needed glasses. But at this point, I, I, I didn't know that yet. But what I did know was I did not want to look stupid in front of my friends. So I decided, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to read it. This book report in front of the class. I'm going to use a skill that I had developed a couple of years prior. So rewind, rewind to the first grade. Similar situation happened. Teacher wants us to read a book, little baby book to the class. I decide I'm going to read a Berenstein Bears book. Again, I sucked as a reader. So what I decided to do was ask everybody in my house to read this book over and over and over to me. Now, they just thought, you know, Ingie really likes this book. But what I was actually doing was remembering the words that they were saying with the pictures on the page. And I didn't realize it, but I was developing the skill of memorization and I was kind of good at it. So fast forward back to third grade and I was like, I'm just going to memorize this book report. And better yet, (laughs) I was kind of even starting to feel myself on the singing tip. You know, SWV was on the radio. Involved with on the radio. I thought I could sing, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to sing this song and I'm going to memorize this book report and just say it to the class. And hopefully that'll take away from the fact that I'm not reading it like everybody else. Now, I ended up, I got an A on the book report, but I... I I chose this as my seven up story for this episode because the takeaway, the business takeaway and really just the life takeaway for me is the fact that there are going to be times in business and in life where you feel like you're at a disadvantage where, you know, you don't understand something that for some reason everybody around you just gets, you know, that you don't have access to something um, that most people have access to. But, you know, these are the moments where we find out what our weaknesses are and where our weaknesses are. And these are the moments where we find out our strengths and find out a lot about ourselves. And we learn what we can bring to the table that everybody else may not bring to the table, you know, because in that moment, yeah, you know, I could have probably, you know, tried to, to practice my, you know, reading my broken part over and over and over. But at the end of the day, like I said, I was blind as a bat. It wasn't going to help. Eventually, the longer I read, the the words were going to blur off the page and I was going to become embarrassed. But I knew at that moment, I'm not going to spend time on that. I know I'm pretty good at memorizing. I think I can sing a little bit. I'm going to use that to my advantage and hopefully <laughs> it'll be to my benefit. And it was even with this podcast, when I had all these songs in my head and I was trying to figure out how to capture them. I didn't have a producer. I didn't have an engineer. I had to try to figure out all these things by myself, pro tools, different types of mics, um, different techniques, but all these skills and techniques that, that I had to try to figure out, I use that to my advantage now with this podcast. You know, I hope that these editing skills and, and things that I've learned bring something different to the podcast with the sound effects, with the music, with, with the way that I edit it. But the main takeaway is don't be afraid of moments where you find out where your weaknesses are, because those are the moments when you find out where your strengths are. Those are the moments where you find out the things that make you you. I'm pretty sure that my seven is up. So Eric Seats is the songologist for this episode, and he's going to take us inside and let us know why Ali's Rock the Boat almost didn't make it. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Eric Seats. Uh, one half of Key Beats Inc. 
which is the production duo that produced uh, Rock the Vote by the great late Aaliyah, God rest her soul. Um, and talking about that song, that song uh, had to be rescued. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Uh, how we worked, we, we were, I believe, in Sony in New York just pushing out tracks and we had we were in a room in there and uh, how we would do it i would be programming on my mpc 2000 xl at the time and then rapture would be programming on his mpc 3000 so uh we would both just you know just be coming up with ideas and and static god rest his soul stephen garrett he would be bouncing back and forth with the headphones or either listening to a track up top or in the little speakers right into something that we did yesterday or something but because we were just pushing them out we just we would just keep going we wouldn't get stuck on one anything so we had like three or four songs going at once a lot of times uh i was over there programming rock the boat um and and i had a bad habit back then uh and i've learned not to do this now but when i when i didn't like something right away i would i would just delete it and then start on something else uh but thank god my headphones was loud enough Static heard it through my headphones. And just as I was about to delete it, he was asking me, what's that? And I was telling him it was nothing. I was moving on. He's like, no, nah, let me hear it. Cause he was, I heard him, I saw him kind of dancing to it. So he put on the headphones like, wow. You know, he, he right away, you know, he, how he is. He just started bobbing real hard and dancing like, yeah. And it, and it was real raw, real, real raw, real naked uh, still. So I just took a restroom break and went to the restroom. And by the time I came back, Static had pretty much the hook done. By him liking it, that just, okay, I got it. Now I got to beef it up. So between me and Rat, as they were, you know, and Baby Girl, I believe, was already there too, laying some stuff. I don't remember what song she was laying then, but laying something because we were just doing them. So they started, went in the booth and started writing. And so we just started embellishing and tracking. I remember rap added the strings, so I just kept beefing up the drums, and yeah, and then it became a, everybody's favorite. By the time we had 10 or 12 of them for them to hear, um, you know, but yeah, that's the story behind Rock the Boat, and try to keep this short, but uh, yeah, may they two rest in peace. That was a lesson learned for me, not to just delete everything right away, come back to it, take a break, come back with a different ear, you know. But yeah, they, they rescued that. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that he did. For go-to gadget, uh, because it is January, there is something that happens every January called NAM out in California. And so instead of just talking about one go-to gadget, Eric is going to talk about this event NAM, which is like gadget heaven for anybody having to create anything having to do with music to anybody having to sell anything having to do with music. So Eric. I'm just going to hand it over to you. What's up, everybody? Should do these seats again. I'm hanging out with my little sister in music, Ingrid Wood, here in the balance room. Nam 
the the initials N A M M stands for the National Association of Music Merchants. And what NAM is a place where new companies and old companies alike come to share their new products, their latest inventions, ideas, you know, reinventions and vintage series, whatever it is, from electronics to lighting to sound to actual equipment to, yeah, you know, from violence to trumpets, man, everything in between, um, everything at NAM, it cases even. So it's a beautiful place. I like to think of it as a reunion for all of the cats that you know that are working, but you don't get to see them because they are working, thank God. And it's a place that we all really try to get to once a year, man. It's, it's annual in California, Disneyland, um, in the month of January. I know it happens also in Tennessee. Um, and I don't know if it happens abroad, but I'm sure you can Google that, those details as well. But NAM is a beautiful thing. It's, it's a reunion, it's a family reunion amongst musicians. Um, getting to meet people that you read about, um, just walking around or people that you've heard on your favorite records and getting to actually thank them and, you know, letting them know how much of an inspiration they are or were to you. So that's NAM is NAM is real tight. We're about to get into Ask E-Seats. If you all have a question, business question, music question uh, for Eric, don't hesitate to send those in. He'll answer them on the podcast and you can send those to the balance room at gmail.com or you can always ask it on social media facebook twitter instagram the balance room podcast but let's go and get into the question the question for me was this time quote what made you want to start vlogging and part two is what's kept you vlogging all this time i'm fascinated with documentaries i like to watch documentaries of artists uh, and people that I've admired over the years and, and actually discovering new people that I haven't known about. And I love just being able to see the real, you know, because we, we, we watch movies of things, of events, you know, redone. They miss a lot of facts and it's nothing like seeing the original footage. So I just, I love to do it just because it's, you know, if a picture's worth a thousand words, what's the footage worth? So I just like to uh, vlog in. Oh, and another reason why is uh, the main reason uh, my grandmother doesn't is not afforded the opportunity to travel and a lot of family members and other friends we can't take for granted that everybody's been on a flight and been inside of a hotel room and just the subtleties of traveling like we do so i just like to take my camera and let them see what my eyes saw um and then i you know of course loving music put some music to it and I try to let you see five days and five minutes if I can, you know. And editing is a lot like doing tracks to me, so I love doing tracks. Having that passion for that, and it's, it's turned into another passion, is editing. So um, that's what's kept me vlogging all, all this time. I'm editing right now, as a matter of fact. Um, that's how much I love it. Um, and then after this, I'm going to do a track, so that's that's how I am right now. But yeah, that's what what inspires me to vlog, uh, to, to make sure somebody else that might admire my work when they, or anybody that's traveling with our band, I try to make sure and show everybody in our band and let them know what it's like to travel, what's, what it's like to do what we're doing, because I, I get asked that question a lot anyway, so they can always just go look at some footage and see what the hotel looked like and everything, but that's why. 
you know, one day it'll mean something to somebody. But I hope that answers your question. Um, shout out to the Balance Room and Ingrid Wood. Peace, season them out. Peace, season them out. This episode's Tear of the Week is a live music venue and a brewery. It's called the Urban Artifact. It's located in Cincinnati, Ohio, part of town called Northside. Uh, like I said, a really cool music venue. They have all types of musicians who play there, uh, rock to jazz musicians. I saw Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles play there last year. Me and the Woodtrop Orchestra, we played there last year. And the song that you hear in the background, that's a live recording of uh, the Woodtrop Orchestra of our show that we played there at Urban Artifact. And I definitely have to say this, the song that you are listening to, it's a cover of a Sean Martin original composition called Yellow Jacket. It's off his album called Seven Summers. Make sure you check that out and support it. But the reason why Urban Artifact is my chair of the week is not just because they serve good beer, it's not just because they serve good music, but it's because they serve the community. They've been having a weekly, it's like a weekly free event, um, like a business mixer, networking event where different speakers come and they give advice and information on everything from creative branding to legal advice to tax filing advice but I think it's just it's cool that they're offering this free service to help foster that community of people who want to be business owners or people who are already small business owners and are looking for some more advice and some more direction but if you're ever in Cincinnati make sure you check out Herb Artifact they always have really cool stuff going on i'm about to head out of here but before i do i have to say thank you to callie from north carolina (laughs) callie with a k that is thank you callie for reaching out to me on twitter and letting me know that you love the podcast and that you're enjoying it i'm just grateful that you even love it and that you're listening to it if you have a comment or a question that you'd like to get to me or to eric seats you can always find the balance room um on facebook instagram or twitter the balance room podcast or you, if you have a long message, you can email me at thebalanceroom at gmail.com. And if you're looking for a website, you can always find me on ingridwood.com. Wood is spelled W-O-O-D-E. The podcast is on that website as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Until the next episode, this is Ingrid Wood. God bless and stay balanced. Stay balanced.